I'm here with Sebastiano Cencini, who's a physiotherapist for the senior men's national volleyball team in Italy. The team is consistently one of the best teams in the world. They most recently got a silver medal at the Rio 2016 games where they lost in the final to Brazil, who is also one of the top nations in volleyball. And Sebastiano, I know, was at the Olympic games with the team and has treated many injured athletes over the course of his career. Thanks for taking the time to speak with me. Thank you, Leslie. Thanks for inviting me. Maybe you can talk a little bit about your background and, and how long you've been working as a physiotherapist. Okay, I've been working as a physiotherapist uh, for 10 years. And my background is mainly uh, volleyball athletes and ba basketball athletes. Mm -hmm. and general all the musculoskeletal injuries right uh, maybe you can discuss a little bit about your role with the men's national team and, and the kind of work that you do okay uh, i'm part of the medical staff of, of the of course of the national team uh, we have uh, two doctors uh, piero and diego and we are depends by the period two or three physical therapists Davide me and Gabriele mm -hmm. and generally we are always moving with the team and we stay all together with the team and generally during the competition all around the world the staff is made by one doctor and two physiotherapists so are you're traveling a fair bit of, of yes. your time yeah yes yes so during the summer go ahead sir uh, dur during the summer, we usually travel a lot all together with the team. Mm -hmm. And so I imagine you get to develop close relationships with the athletes and players. Yes, of course. It's uh, impossible to, to don't develop this, any kind of, uh, of a relationship. Yeah. Is that helpful in, in your work treating them? Yes, uh, it's something to be managed because uh, as a physiotherapist and as a part of the team, we, we usually stay not 24 hours per day, but so many hours per day with uh, head coach, with the players. And the most important thing is to develop a, a very good relationship uh, in order to manage the work in order to manage the injury, in order to manage their relationship, because uh, uh, should could be uh, common to develop any kind of friends, friends relationship, and uh, be a friend. This is a, a personal opinion. Be a friend of a player during uh, the competition, during the work, is not always a, a good piece of advice to mm -hmm. give a to to colleagues right so it's important to have a, a little bit of distance would you say from uh, yes of course industry? yes of course we yeah. can we can have a fun we can have fun we can have a, an ice cream we can have a coffee we can laugh together but it's important to uh, remember the different roles right Right. And, and so in, in your role, um, maybe you can discuss primarily what kinds of injuries are you seeing, Sebastiano? Oh, volleyball, mainly shoulder, shoulder issues and knee. Uh, shoulder and knees are mainly affected by overuse injury and uh, 
I mean, just just because the type of sport. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, we have had uh, ankle sprains, for example, or low back pain, especially related to uh, the long goal travel. Would you say for those injuries, are there some common or consistent challenges that athletes experience in their recovery? Uh, yes, I will say yes, because, for example, knee problems are generally overcome by the athletes and knee injury like patellar tendinopathies uh, not always stop the player uh, in practice or for the game. Right. Uh, this is not completely true for the shoulder because if an athlete suffers from shoulder pain, uh, the performance could be seriously affected by the pain. Mm-hmm. So some injury types are ones that athletes can continue doing some form of training or, or maybe still playing through, but other yes. other injuries like the shoulder in particular may be more vulnerable an area, and so they have to um, yes. you know, remove themselves. Yes, yes. Um, it's the same, for example, for any kind of trauma, because if the player suffered from an ankle sprain two days, a bad ankle sprain two days before uh, a competition or a game, uh, you know, that is, uh, we, we are not ready to uh, perform miracle. Yeah, so, sure, sure. So is that important that the athletes kind of understand that healing takes a certain amount of time or maybe you can talk a little bit about the role of information or education that you provide to them? Yes, I, I think I think we think as a staff that communication is the key because uh, a very very small piece of communication uh, can lead can lead to a big result or uh, a very bad result. Mm-hmm. I think the limit with uh, elite athletes, uh, the limit is so close and it's so small. Right. So what are some important things that you try to communicate with, with the injured athlete? Uh, so be precise about the injury and about the different stages of rehabilitation, if they need a medium to long rehabilitation, of course. Uh, be concise about the number of information we give to the athletes. I think it's not important to provide hundreds of information. Right. Only so, the information. So why would you say it's important to be concise and not to give too much information? Because uh, I think that if we give uh, too much information, we give uh, too many opportunities to uh, find uh, uh, like a space to uh, let them play infiltrate uh, inside uh, uh, issues, problems, uh, uh, weakness of the staff, uh, or weakness of relationship between uh, physical therapist and head coach or physical therapy and doctor as well. Uh, and I think this kind of problem could seriously uh, affect the final result. Okay. It's not, I think it's not only related to the severity of the of the anatomical injury. Right. I think the anatomical injury is uh, one part, of course, but there is a uh, same part uh, 
close to the anatomical injury is the psychological and communication. Right. Okay. So it, it sounds like it's important to manage kind of what amount of information and also maybe the types of information that you're giving the athlete about their, their injury. Um, they don't necessarily need to know about sort of interactions between the staff or that kind of thing. I, I, th I think so. Yes, I totally agree. And, and they, right, they, they, I, I think they must know the diagnosis and they must know the process yeah. to re return to play. Right. And, and so why is that? Why are those two things a must in terms of their knowledge or understanding? Because they need uh, to be informed and they need to be engaged inside the rehabilitation program. Yeah. So if, if they don't know the goal of the day, the goal of the week, I think it's very tough for a professional athlete to understand the day-by-day -day journey uh, with exercises, pool, uh, medicine, treatments. Yeah. And, and so having that precise knowledge of the injury and what's happened and also the stages of rehabilitation helps them be more engaged, would you say, with the re rehab process? I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it depends by the person we have in front mm -hmm. because I think it's a kind of personality or very personal uh, elaboration of the injury because uh, I have, I've had uh, players uh, who didn't care about uh, the right location, the severity of the injury, the grading of the injury. They just want to know when I'll be back on court, mm -hmm. no matter about uh, anatomy. I don't care. I don't understand right. anything about anatomy. I need to know when I'll be back. And the other side, I've had uh, players uh, who were engaged by uh, being formed uh, of the anatomical location, being informed about the, uh, the MRI report uh, in order to be engaged by that kind of information. I think this is a very, very interesting uh, uh, key point. Yeah, so there's differences you notice in the athletes that you treat with some just wanting to know when they can come back, others wanting more information about the injury and kind of the specifics of their recovery. Yeah. Do, do you yeah. notice a difference in terms of the effectiveness of the recovery or this idea of how, in, how engaged they are with their recovery? I think is uh, only, only psychological issue. Uh, how do you mean? I mean, uh, uh, it doesn't matter the number of information or the kind of information you give uh, to the athletes. Uh, to, I mean, it is not related with the prognosis or with uh, the biological healing of the injury. Yeah. Because the time, the, the healing time are the same. If you okay. tell the people 10 information or if you give one information. I think the difference, I think this can make the difference uh, uh, through the journey because there are people uh, engaged by the number of information and they need to know. They need, they, they, generally, I had at least uh, who told me, I want to know what happened. Mm -hmm. And I've had athletes uh, who told me, I don't care. I mean, I would like to know if it's something serious, but I don't need uh, 
the anatomical location or the grading or the severity. Right. Just give me exercises, what's the plan, and I, I want to be back. Yeah, okay. So that for the, that latter athlete, they're maybe more inclined. They just want to follow what you're suggesting they do and with the belief that if they do those things, it'll help them come back. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. And so I yes. thought it's interesting you mentioned, Sebastiano, that the healing time is really kind of the same, regardless of the amount of information that they're getting. So it takes the time that it takes to recover. But what are you saying then that it's important to specify the information that you're giving to the kind of athlete you're working with? So the one who wants more information, it's important to give them that information so that they feel like, you know, they're getting what they need. Whereas for the other athlete, if they don't need that information, then, then there's no value yeah. in providing it to them. I think so. I think yeah. so. I totally, I totally agree with you. Yeah. And, um, and this, is, this is strictly related to the level of, of relationship you have with the player. Right. Because if I don't know the player, of course, due to my work, I will give uh, all the information needed. But if I have a, a good relationship with the athlete, probably I can anticipate the process. Right. So I can de decide uh, what information to give. Okay. Or we have a, a different uh, level of communication. Right. So if you have a good relationship or you know your athlete, then you can anticipate how much information that athlete needs or kind of what kinds of information are helpful for them. I think, I think this is not a major issue, but it could be helpful. A good right. relationship, a good level of empathy, empathy I think uh, is very, very important when you work with uh, uh, professional general, with professional athletes. Uh -huh. So I was just gonna ask, what helps or contributes to a good relationship with athletes? And you mentioned empathy as one quality. Maybe you can elaborate on why empathy is important or whether there's other qualities or things that help foster a good relationship. To be honest with you, I don't know exactly. Yeah. Uh, because I think working with uh, uh, a positive environment, as I told you the previous time, is very important in order to uh, reach the goal. And uh, the trust, I think, uh, from, from, from professional point of view, of course, I think is a, a key element. Because without, tr without professional trust, there no relationship uh, I think it's, it's, it's possible to make any, any kind of relationship. And uh, I don't know if I answered to your question. Yeah, well, so we're just, I'm just asking about kind of what helps build a good relationship between you and the athlete. And you mentioned think, empathy or trust yeah. is important. Yes, I, I think empathy is important uh, because it permits to try to find and try to get... Uh, the at least point of view and being at the same level. So and I think so. What do you mean being at the same level? Being at the same level of communication. So there are not the boss and below the boss. We are the same page. So uh, I'm here 
to help you and uh, the problems could be the anatomical injury but the problems could be the psychological uh, result of the anatomical injury just because uh, uh, the players uh, will miss a very important competition or will miss uh, uh, the game and I, I think this could be painful as the same as the anatomical injury yeah so the, they may experience kind of the same pain because they're missing something that's important to them or you know they feel like they're worried about maybe the the impact of the injury on their their performance or future career and you're saying that could be the equivalent amount of pain as the actual physical <laughs> pain of the injury yeah yeah so, i i i think uh, <laughs> uh, it can be negative affected by uh, all the emotions uh -huh. so do do you see that the athlete's emotions impact their their ability to recover effectively or their interactions with you as a physiotherapist yes because uh, a very anxious or very uh, scary people uh, generally are more slow during the process uh -huh. uh, instead of being aggressive being without fear uh, being uh, proactive they generally are able to come back early but from my point of view is mandatory with aggressive and proactive people uh, try to uh, modulate uh, their behavior and trying to be uh, hey don't do that stop doing that and reducing the total amount of stimulus that they yeah. generally they try to find right so some athletes you notice they're they're overly aggressive in the amount they want to do or that they engage in and you kind of have to hold them back, it sounds like. Whereas for other athletes, if, if they're maybe more anxious or scared or worried, you're suggesting they're more apprehensive or you know they're not engaging um, as assertively, I guess, as they might in, in some of their exercises or uh, is that an accurate, I guess, summary? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and so, the different the difference is uh, how they deal with the pain. Uh huh. How, maybe you can explain that difference a bit more. I mean, if uh, uh, I've seen an anxious or scared player, uh, and when the pain is uh, up to a level, a specific level, the pain stop player the pains affect the performance the player uh, is uh, is a major issue uh -huh. uh, with uh, aggressive player with proactive player with a very confident player i've seen a high level of anatomical injury or anatomical damage but they still compete at the same level so it, the pain tolerance or or sort of it sounds yes. like these negative emotions impact the athlete's ability to work through pain where the the ones yes. who are maybe less worried or less concerned about their recovery are better able to manage their pain or work through it than those who are more kind of generally concerned about their recovery yes yeah and so it sounds like um there, there are differences that you notice in terms of the 
effectiveness of athletes' recovery or maybe the trajectory or path that some athletes take and you said they're able to return to a high level of performance, others maybe less so? Uh, yes. And, and would you say that's a function of physical factors, psychological factors, environmental factors? What, what do you attribute those differences to and why some athletes maybe come back stronger? Why some three, struggle? Three factors. Three factors. 32% of each. Uh-huh. And, and what are I, the, I, 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 um, the, the The anatomical injury, the psych, so the, the healing time, the psychological uh, aspect and the environment uh -huh. i think good healing of a bad ankle sprain in a very negative environment a very stressful the final process of return to play of course will be affected by all those three yeah okay so would you say that in if if you have let's say good healing physical healing but maybe the other two components if psychological or maybe the environmental maybe the environment isn't supportive or you know there's poor communication like can the athletes still come back effectively or do they need all three of those elements would you say to be optimal in order to recover well they need all three to recover well uh -huh. and to return to performance and return to play at the, at the level they want and right. they need. Right. And, and why would you say that's the case? <laughs> because, because I really uh, think and I really uh, believe that these are the key points, are the fundamental points to be uh, successful from this point of view. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Um, so for the athlete, you would say that um, maybe if their focus is just on healing and getting back as quickly as possible, would you say that that's insufficient or inadequate to optimize the likelihood of effective return to sport? That it's also important that they address those psychological elements whether it's the concern or uncertainties that you mentioned or that they you know it's important for them to recover in a good environment that they need to sort of um be aware of those things would you say yes i think so i think so because uh, we can have uh, players who don't need to be addressed by a psychological point of view but at the same at the same time we can have players uh, with a bad ankle sprain, they don't need so many treatments, so many uh, therapies, just because the healing process is regular mm -hmm. and they are not they are not uh, problematic from this point of view. Yeah, yeah. So, and also, would would you say that there's sort of a interaction between these three? So, for, or let's say, for instance, if the athletes like before you said the healing time is kind of the same, but I wonder if the athlete is really sort of stressed or worried or 
you know, do you notice any diff clinical differences in their healing in, in any way that, you know, like maybe the athlete who's really worried um, that that has a physical impact or maybe a behavioral impact on their recovery engagement? I mean, I, I don't know very well the literature. What does the literature say about that? Yeah. But with my personal experience, uh, I would say yes, because yeah. the psychological or the environment uh, can negatively uh, affect the, the performance because yeah. the ankle, for example, can be healed from an anatomical point of view, but the player is not able, is not able and not ready to return to play. Yeah. So and the, the level of the level of performance will be different. Yeah. And so you would say that just because the athlete is maybe physically or clinically deemed ready to return, that sometimes they're not necessarily psychologically ready yes. to return. Yes. It's uh, common. Uh, how do you how do you know that? Like is that from things they say that they're just not ready? Is it from observations of their behaviors or like how do you know that sometimes the athletes physically yeah. not psychologically prepared? This, this is not an easy question. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had players uh, uh, who told me, uh, I don't feel confident. I don't feel secure. I am a little bit scary uh, about that situation. Uh, or maybe I'm not ready to, I, I'm not at the top of my shape. or different time uh, I had a talk with a head coach or with a strength and conditioning coach uh, who told, told me told us uh, uh, I've seen uh, these particular problems with uh, for example the ability to go on the right instead of uh, he, he used to go on the left and now he's going to the right and mm -hmm. I think there are uh, all these things uh, signals of stress right like an alarm yeah. i don't know right so you, you have experienced different examples where athletes indicate that they're just not ready they don't feel confident to get back into competitive play would you say then there's sort of like a gap between when they complete their physical rehabilitation and sort of this return to play time frame when you know, maybe they're, you mentioned the athlete not feeling confident about how good a physical condition they're in, for instance. Like, is there steps that still need to be taken from when they complete their rehab? Let's say they've got a shoulder operation and they've done months of surgery and rehab. Are there still steps then that they need to take before they can feel psychologically ready to get back and compete at a high level? Yes, I think I think yes, and I think uh, we are moving on that direction because mm -hmm. uh, um, an, an anatomical or biomechanical uh, rehabilitation uh, must be uh, very very close to a psychological kind of rehabilitation because mm -hmm. is, even if the shoulder uh, moves well, the brain and the confidence of the athlete. Uh, couldn't be the same, right? And I think I think uh, 
the process is the same. We can, we, we need, we, we must evaluate, for example, the mobility, but we need to have uh, instruments to evaluate uh, the stress response, the, if, if they trust to their body, if mm -hmm. they feel scared. So I, I, I think this is, not, uh, this is not a switch. This is, there is not a switch to push on and they are able, yeah. like the lights, for example. Right, right. So it, it's, it's complicated and you mentioned it's helpful to have some tools to assess whether the athlete is psychologically ready. Is that right? So that, you know, you yes. as a practitioner are in a better position to monitor kind of whether the athlete has concerns or whether they feel confident. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. And I think and I think a multidisciplinary team is mandatory. Yeah. Because I my point of view is biased by my point of view. So sure. I need to talk with with different with different practitioners. Yeah. So from your standpoint Sebastiano, are there things that can be done and I I know of course your role is as a physiotherapist, but are there things that can be done to increase the athlete's confidence? So say anatomically, it's obvious that they've done their rehabilitation, they look and, and seem like they meet all the clinical indicators that they're physically ready. Are there ways to increase their confidence or maybe reduce their fear? Like if they say, well, I'm still worried about kind of going into these situations or are there things that build the confidence and or reduce the fear? Uh, I think uh, show them that they are ready to do a specific task of or drills. Yeah. And I think this is not mandatory done by only the physiotherapy or the strength because I can do this. I can do that for the knee or for the shoulder, and the head coach and my collaboration with the coach uh, could make that for a, a very specific sports drill for example yeah yeah but i think i think uh, another important issue is the ability to compete because sometimes they are not so confident with themselves in order they feel weak uh, and they feel uh, less uh, skilled so the ability to compete and the ability to show them you are able to compete with the others I think is another uh, is another important question. Right. So when they get kind of evidence of successful performance, then it helps build their confidence that they are in fact, you know, capable or, or ready to do certain things or helping them realize that or, or point out examples, it sounds like is, is beneficial to building their confidence that they're ready to perform. Yes. Um, do athletes ever use visualization or imagery at all or is that something that you know again i know that may not be something you do with them but are you aware of whether athletes kind of see themselves in certain situations yes. before they return yes i had uh, i had two athletes uh, after two different kind of surgery uh one ac one three after three acl surgery and two low back surgery they used to work with uh, sports psychologists, with motor imagery mm -hmm. and uh, other uh, techniques, psychological techniques. Yeah. 
Um, and and from your standpoint, do you see or believe there's value to those? Yes. Or, if uh, the if the if the athlete uh, trust the psychologist, if the athlete trust to what he's doing, I think yes. Yeah. I think the key is uh, give to the athletes what they need to be helpful. Because if the athlete doesn't care about all the psychological techniques, I think uh, is uh, they, they the, the work is not, is not successful. Yeah, yeah. So if you're trying to convince, is the is the is the same for uh, physiotherapy treatments. Yeah, I think it's exactly the same because there are pretty they only need or want drugs. They are drugs related or uh, exercise related I, I think we need uh, as we start our conversation the relationship and the need to talk with with the player and talk at the same level i mean how are you what do you need today i think are the, the most important and easy things to do daily yeah. yeah so again that point about just sort of speaking at a level that the athlete understands maybe without too much jargon or you know like yes. complicated terms that may not be understood is important. Are, are there things yes. in terms of kind of going back to the <clears throat> communication part that the athlete can do to communicate effectively with you as a practitioner? Or are there things that, you know, are helpful for you that when the athlete does with in terms of their communication with you? Yes, I, th I think it's very important. I think it's very important because if I or as a healthcare professional, if we don't understand what the problem is, I can, we, we can be the best physiotherapists, doctors, but we, we don't solve their problems. Mm -hmm. So the athlete, it's important for them to communicate what, what they're experiencing to you or maybe when they feel pain or uh, when they feel like they're having a challenge or setback, it's important for them to communicate that to you, would you say? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, are athletes able to do that? Is that a question or a function of the relationship quality that you mentioned? Or are athletes hesitant to communicate about things like pain? Or, you know, I, I ask, because I know sometimes in many sports, it's like, oh, I don't want to be kind of a wimp or, you know, better to just work through it on my own and not show that I'm feeling discomfort no one wants to hear a complainer, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yes, I, I think uh, even if we are so far from the geographic point of view, everything is very similar. Yeah. Apart culture, but I think it's very similar. So players as a normal person are different. So I've had and I've seen players uh, with very good relationship skills and I've seen people with bad relationship skills mm -hmm. so sometimes uh, uh, they I mean the theory is uh, good but in practice sometimes is uh, is hard to put in practice yeah um, and so I guess sort of athletes like anyone, sometimes their communication or relationship skills are variable, I guess, right? Um, you mentioned earlier that 
you, I think you alluded to this idea that you see your role as one of a facilitator. Is that right? Yes. And, and yes. maybe you can kind of talk a little bit more about that. Like, how do you see the, the role of the athlete in terms of their, their recovery and your role? I think uh, generally physiotherapists are the providers who spend uh, maybe the most amount, the, the total amount of, the, um, the measured total amount of time per day with the injury that lead. Mm -hmm. So the number of hours and the moment to sharing a conversation or uh, making a relationship for physiotherapist is very, uh, is very important. At the end of the day, you spend with uh, with an injured athlete six to eight hours per day. Right. So you have uh, to find uh, so many topics to discuss to in order to go through the day. Yeah. And I think uh, as a physiotherapist, uh, I I need so the athlete need a physiotherapist and doctors to get back on court, but me as a physiotherapist, I need. Uh, the best shape of the athletes because without uh, trust to each other the final success it doesn't appear mm -hmm. so i don't know if i've answered to your question yeah I, I think so i guess you know maybe you can just reiterate kind of in terms of the athlete role when you say the athlete being in the, the best shape are you talking like physically or do you mean no, that no, the no, athlete no. has to do certain things in terms of their role in the recovery process. They role. I'm talking about their role in the recovery process because they need to be uh, available. They need to be proactive. They need to be. They don't need to be lazy. They don't need to be uh, lazy. Is the right. lazy in brain? Lazy in brain. Uh, lazy in uh, in body. Yeah, so when you say proactive, that's a great term. I wonder, like, proactive how or in what way? Like, what are some specific things that athletes need to be proactive with, with in terms of their rehab? In terms of rehab, I think being proactive is a, a state of mind because I've seen a proactive player who usually smile, they are happy to I mean, even if they are injured, so they are not happy to be injured, but of course they uh, try to find uh, always a positive side of what happened. And sometimes an injury can be uh, a positive, can have a positive side in order to know, know healthcare, know, know new people, and uh, uh, be. Uh, available to do treatments, be available to do more exercises, be available to do treatments late at night. All the signals that they want to come back early as possible because that's the final uh, stage of the rehabilitation. Yeah. No matter how good is the physiotherapist, no matter how good is the athlete, but they need to come back as early as possible. Yeah. So. I thought that's interesting. You mentioned being proactive is really about a state of mind, like a positive state of mind that allows the athlete, it sounds like, to do certain things, to 
you know, engage with their exercises, even if it's maybe late in the evening or, um, yes. you know, to, um, yeah, just um, put forward a certain amount of effort, I guess, or um, again, that piece about maybe communication and, and sort of communicating with you or, and, um, you know, being willing to do certain things. And I guess being positive, I'm sure, isn't always easy in yes. the course of recovery. Um, are there, you also mentioned that there's a positive side to injury and, and that the athletes who are proactive seem to find those positive aspects of, of injury. Maybe you can elaborate further on what some of the positive aspects or possible benefits of injury might be. I mean, I don't think there are so many positive things uh, of, uh, of an injury. But for example, for an athlete, uh, it permits to know much better their body mm -hmm. and their limits. And uh, another thing is a, a more mental, because uh, uh, having an injury is a, a very stressful uh, period for for the for the athlete and it permits uh, to develop uh, uh, strength and resilience to the difficulties okay and and i i think is uh, is a challenging for the athletes yeah so it helps them by sort of coping with the stress that's part of the rehabilitation process it helps the athlete develop strength and resilience you mentioned things like a knowledge of their body which i guess is a good thing when they're an athlete or, or the limits to how far they can push themselves. Um, but you also mentioned overall injury is still not a good thing, I guess, right? Like most athletes generally don't want to be hurt. And you mentioned it's stressful. So just going back to that stress point, what are, would you say, some of the stresses associated with injury recovery? What makes it stressful? Hmm. I think there are many many factors uh, don't be able i, I mean it, it it depends by the severity of the injury because if you have a, a career ending injury uh, the problem is uh, will i be able to come back to play or if you have a, a moderate injury will i the, the question could be will i be able to do that special drills that allowed me to be the best uh, in the league, for example. Right. Will, I be able, will I be able to come back uh, uh, to play at the same level? And being at the same level is not only a technical, uh, it's not only a technical issue, but it's a, a more complex issue. And I think uh, they may experience a kind of insecurity uh, from job point of view, because if you suffer from a career-ending injury, uh, you can see all the lights uh, going down on your beautiful career, even if you are 18 or 19 or 20. Yeah. So, so that... I, I had a, I had a player, a basketball player, who worked with uh, with Cristiana. Uh, he is 24. At 23, he already had. Uh, three ACL surgery. At, at 20? 23. 23. 23. Okay. Yeah. First, first, first one, 18. Second yeah. one, 21. Yeah. Third, 
uh, 22, 23. Yeah. So he was looking to quit the game. Yeah. And start to start the university. Yeah. I I had an experience where I think I was 24 maybe when I had my third ACL injury and the doctor or the surgeon said, well, you might think of alternative pursuits, maybe something like basket weaving or beekeeping, you know, something a little less strenuous really? than really. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, but it's, um, uh, obviously, I guess, depending, as you say, on the severity of the injury, if it's career ending, it can certainly leave a lot of questions and, and doubts and, and uncertainties uh, about what lies ahead, um, even in less um, sort of severe injuries. I guess that can also be the case, right, where there's still lots of doubts and, and concerns. Um, in, in terms of pain, Sebastiano, you talked earlier about the importance of athletes or differences in how athletes manage their pain. What are some ways that the athletes can effectively do that, whether it's physical or psychological pain? Hmm. This is not an easy, an easy question mm -hmm. because sometimes uh, pain uh, could be an alibi, so an excuses. Yeah, because uh, pain can be used by the player if they don't feel confidence or if they feel uh, scared about uh, the game or the pressure. Uh, they can tell us they feel low back pain. Uh, pain is not accessible only by clinic, apart only by clinic. Mm -hmm. So pain can be a friend or can be a foe. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is not this is not, from my point of view this is not an easy an easy question yeah. because i always i always manage pain and i don't have any instruments to tell the patients to tell the head coach if they really feel pain or not because sometimes i was asked by managers or the head coach but is really feeling pain mm -hmm. i mean if the player says i feel pain i must uh, say that the pain is uh, five out ten, for example. Yeah, so it's a very subjective phenomenon, and you're saying it relies on the player being honest about the yes. pain, and but it's also complex because there could be different motivations for indicating a low level of pain or a high level of pain. From you know, in instances maybe where the athlete wants to get out of something, they can indicate they're in pain. So. It sounds like it's quite tricky for you as a practitioner to manage pain as an issue. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's assume that the athlete is experiencing fairly high levels of physical pain. Aside from pharmacological treatments or them taking drugs of some kind, are there other strategies that can be employed to manage their pain? Uh, yes, because uh, I, I think it can be helpful uh, just simply talking with a, with a person. And mm -hmm. a part of talking, I think listening is more important than talking. Mm -hmm. And often I, even today when I work with, uh, with my real patients, uh, if they feel pain, I, I generally ask, how are you? And so often the answers are not only related to 
the physical pain. There are so many factors and which interacts with, with the pain. Yeah, so just, just listening to them articulate their concerns can be helpful, it sounds like, if, if maybe the pain, so to speak, is psychological in, in nature or if you know, we're characterizing things like doubts or uncertainties as pain of some form, simply listening to them it can be helpful for the athlete. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, I guess sometimes I, I'm just thinking about experiences where people don't really know kind of what they've had or, or what they're experiencing. And then even just having that conversation with a, you know, medical practitioner can sort of reduce their uncertainties and anxieties. And, and sometimes I, I guess that can just put them at ease, right? Like even if nothing objectively has changed, but they have this conversation, it's like, oh, okay, I, I feel a little more reassured. Yeah. Yes. Or um, be, or just being today your part, being yeah. on, the, on the same page. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about whether athletes' thoughts and emotions change over the course of their recovery? Or do you notice kind of, patterns or tendencies in that yes yes at the beginning at the beginning i generally see fear and they are scary they are uh, so anxious to understand what really happened to their body if if the injury is so big uh, is a career-ending injury or will i uh, will i heal well will i come back uh, at the same level of performance, of course, yes, at the beginning. After that, generally, they start to be more confident and more less, I mean, less negative and more positive about the uh, final recovery and, of course, less stressed by, yeah. the, by the journey. And then uh, sometimes uh, it's easy to see that they feel that they are ready to return uh, because they are more positive, they are more smiling, they are more, uh, they use more humor. Right, so right. They are, right. yes, they are different. They yeah. are positive. Yeah, so just their demeanor, like how they're carrying themselves, how they're interacting can be a good indicator of their state of mind. Yes. Yeah, okay. I think I, I think so. Yeah. Um, can you talk specifically about the role of motivation in injury recovery? Hmm. This is a, a a very good question because uh, I I think it depends. It depends by the point of the career of the player, because uh, for example. If the players is young and the injury is not so serious, they want to come back as early as possible. They want to come back stronger. They want to come back better. But if you, I've seen two days ago, the last one, uh, a player with, uh, a, I mean, not a serious, but an important uh, injury, uh, almost at the end, he was, he was thinking about closing his career and now maybe he's using the injury to justify the anticipated close 
of the of the career. So in I don't that know case, if you understand. Yeah. So the the athlete it sounds like they were less motivated because they were the injury occurred sort of towards the what could be the end of their career. Yep. And so maybe yep. they think well maybe they're not so motivated to recover because they've already played many years, whereas the younger athlete maybe still has a lot more to accomplish. So they're more motivated. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, it sounds like, again, kind of different factors could influence the athlete's level of motivation, like their stage of career or the severity of the injury. Um, is that right? Family, family, environment. Yeah. Um, behavior right so like in terms of family or the environment are there certain things about the family or the environment that can be motivationally beneficial or detrimental i think uh, i i will say yes but i will say the same thing as i told you before uh, being in a positive family uh, who may reduce the stress who may reduce um the the goal uh, in order to uh, i mean I, I don't know exactly how to tell you with the right words but yeah. uh, is, is a kind of stress management so right. if the family is able to reduce the stress reduce the amount of uh, of stress due to the due to the injury I think uh, this is uh, what for me is a positive environment. Sure, sure. So, you know, if the dynamics in the family are such that stress can be reduced, then, then of course it's helpful for the athlete to be in that environment. And are, are there certain kinds of support that athletes need? Like you've talked about communication uh, and, you know, like maybe just taking the time to have a coffee or something like that with the athlete and listening to their concerns or spending time with the family if the family can reduce stress. Are there certain kinds of support that injured athletes tend to need in your experience? I think they need, uh, it, it depends, it depends by, by the person. Uh, I think, uh, a good family or friends support a good support from the medical team i will say if the injury is uh, so acute or support of the medical team head coach managers in order to manage all the different phases of the injury recovery yeah. and uh, i think our everything is crucial to let them to return to play uh, in the best way possible. Yeah. So again, sort of that piece about the environment and just considering that component of the recovery sounds like it's important for, for the athlete's recovery. Um, are, are there certain expectations that injured athletes um, come with in terms of their recovery that they have maybe in terms of the timeliness of their recovery or expectations of you as a provider? Yes, of course, because today with uh, an easy way to get information or easy way to be in contact with other, play or the other players 
uh, we, who had uh, the same injury or uh, being in contact with uh, physio other physiotherapists, other doctors, internet, and all the stuff, papers, newspaper, because you probably see the same of us. Uh, the day after an ACL injury the, of a famous soccer player, uh, the, the, day, the day right after, uh, you can read the newspaper and you can read uh, uh, surgery already done and yeah. uh, he'll be back in five, four months. Right. So, right. They, I mean, this is a, uh, a daily fight if you are working with athletes who suffered from the same kind of injury because uh, if uh, LeBron James come back in four months, why I need eight months? Yeah. So they used to Pro, uh, project right is it right to project yeah. games to other athletes or other teammates yeah so it sounds like you know when they see that because people have access to all these examples and information that sounds like it can be a challenge to manage those expectations because yes. it is you know those timelines that they see from others or maybe in the media then inform their beliefs about their recovery and how long it should take or shouldn't take. Um, yeah. Yes. And it, it sounds like that's not always so easy from your standpoint to, to manage. No, yeah. no, not easy. How, how do you manage those, those expectations maybe in particular about time, which I know of course is important for the injured athlete. I try to do my best with a very clear information clear information regarding the diagnosis, clear information regarding the uh, healing time or the mean healing time, yeah. and clear information and uh, a sharing decision-making process uh, with uh, all the different goals. So first stage with the physio, second stage, together with the strength and conditioning. This is the third stage with uh, uh, technical skills. And then we will go out uh, on the main field with the head coach in order to, uh, to show to the player that I'm ready mm -hmm. and I know the plan. Yeah, so you, you mentioned... I think, go ahead. I think, this could, I think this could be helpful. Yeah, so again kind of that clear information about the diagnosis and you mentioned the mean or the average healing time right so yeah. are you emphasizing to players in your communication or information listen like these timelines are just averages and as individuals you may or may not meet that average yes. timeline is that part of the discussion yes and show them what are the benefits and the risks to trying to force the healing time yeah yeah so benefits and risks right so yeah. you're telling them okay if you were trying to come back too soon here's some of the things you yeah. risk and or you know maybe here's some benefits of pursuing things a little bit sooner or holding back yes, um, right and then also you mentioned that last point shared decision making so the to what extent is the athlete involved would you say in decisions about their recovery yes Yes, of course, always, mm. All, always involved because they are at the center of our project. Yeah. So this is the, the team, uh, national team are not 
uh, orientated only about the head coach or the doctor or the physiotherapist. So the player and the return to play uh, of the player is the most important things. So yeah. everything, everybody all around the player needs to be uh, active and part of the rehabilitation program. Right. And, and so... You said the athlete is involved in all decisions or just some? How, how does it work? Like, even though they're sort of the center of the, the focus. I mean, at the beginning, right after the injury, uh, they, it's hard to involve the players uh, with the diagnosis, for example. So the diagnosis is the diagnosis, as you know. Yeah. But, for example, uh, from the day two or three, uh, talking about the treatments we are providing, what are the goals. If our goals are, uh, if we are able with our treatments to reach the goal that we think to, to reach. So and in order to, to, having, to having a feedback, I mean, yeah. I, do the, I do the treatments, I will say, uh, you should feel uh, this, and after that, I, you know, even in day two or three after the injury, I can have a feedback. Yes, I'm feeling, not I'm, I don't. I think this could be helpful as well. Yeah. So do you, is there some conversation about what the athlete wants to achieve? Or are you just assuming that in generally or in all cases, they necessarily want to return to sport? No, I think uh, as always, uh, every person, every athlete uh, has uh, a, a different approach. Yeah. So you're having Dif some discussion with them about what, what they want to achieve yes. from their recovery. Yes, yes. Yeah. And what's your idea, what's, your, uh, what's their opinion about uh, the injury, the healing time, the return to play, uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, and and is that useful for kind of getting them to, I guess, buy into the process, or you know, kind of take steps to to get their input in terms of their goals or their recovery, or like, you know, why why take the time, I guess, to bother getting their input on their goals or what they want to accomplish? What's the value? The value, I, I think, as I told you before, there are differences. Players who need to be part of the decision and player who doesn't care to be part. Just mm -hmm. I, I just want to be on, on the gym. I just want to be on the weightlifting room. I just want to be come back to play. I don't care about the process. Uh, I, I think it's very an individual response, but with with the people with athletes that are that need to know different and more information. I think sharing the decision, sharing the process, sharing the time of, for example, of the big we will start to do this exercise or we will start to be on the court uh, on that date. I think is much important it's so much important because uh, i remember a player who sustained the three acl surgery told me every day for me is a game day even if we are with crutches so i really would like to know what's the plan 
today I just want to know the plan of tomorrow because I need to prepare my mindset. I think it's very, it's a very personalized way to way to live uh, and to to do things. Yeah. So for this particular player you're referring to, when they said every day is a game day, like that, that meant that they want to come to their rehabilitation sort of knowing or prepared as if that sort of having the same knowledge of preparation as if they were going to compete that day. Yes. Yeah. And that sort of helped them adopt a certain mindset, I guess you mentioned like a proactive mindset with their recovery. Yes. Yes, of course. Yeah. Okay. Um, So just last question, Sebastiano, if you could, share one piece of advice with injured athletes to help them with their recovery what would you suggest i think uh communication is much 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 more important than we think mm-hmm. i think clear and concise communication uh regarding the diagnosis regarding the process regarding the plan so what's the plan is uh, is uh, so important and we need to having a sharing decision making approach in order to be informed and in order to being on the same page and looking on the same uh, direction mm-hmm. i think uh, is important to remember every day that player first because we need always to set up the player at the center of the rehab process and not only think about exercises, because exercises are one small pieces of the process, as the same as the drugs, uh, treatments and stuff. And I think it's so important to talk with the player and create a proactive uh, environment of work. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you are very thoughtful and considerate about trying to create a certain environment, a positive one, or also just talking to the players about uh, maybe the psychological components or aspect of how they're understanding their recovery, as you say, what their goals are, um, you know, what what they want to achieve with their recovery. So, yeah, that sounds great. Um, Yes. I yeah. think this the the starting point uh, I haven't I haven't told you is a common I mean if you, if we work with athletes uh, we need to be prep- as a professional healthcare doctor so a head coach we need to be prepared we need to be motivated we need to know very well the sports and uh, we are part of the staff yeah we are not we are not uh on, on the top of the stage we are behind the stage on this yeah. players are on the stage yeah but again it sounds like you know you you think about your role in contributing to a certain environment that's going to be helpful for the athlete and uh yeah i'm sure the athletes are fortunate to have the, the benefit of being able to work with you and have you facilitate their recovery so I hope so. I hope the same. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for speaking with me, Sebastiano. It's been a real pleasure to, to get some of your insights and experiences and to hear some of your stories uh, working with athletes. Thank you for your invitation, Leslie. It's a yeah. huge pleasure.
Thank you.